You're listening to the Stop the Minds Group podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Owen, certified fitness trainer and life coach since 2002, teaching others the Stop the Minds Group process. On this channel, we talk about fitness, growth mindset, habits, and even some reality transfer. I was a junior in college in 1987. Feels like a thousand years ago, but yeah. My psychology course of the semester had a term paper due soon. I had to write about a self-help book, and the book I picked was the original text of Psycho-Cybernetics. Today, this book is considered one of the world's classic self-help books. And little did I know that book would be the landmark item and the origin story of Stop the Mindscript. My dad was a college math professor, and not just any college math professor, but one who taught PhD mathematics. Yeah, my dad had a PhD in math himself. To even get a PhD in mathematics, you need to prove a theory that no one else has proven. And my dad graded those papers. So it's no wonder he would come to me and question my degree in psychology. After all, he said, what can you do with a degree in psychology? I understood his logic. I mean, look where he came from and look at my non-existent math skills. Uh, you know, I could do complicated math, but adding and multiplying skipped right over my head and it still does today. So to bond with my oh-so-intelligent father, I learned to love sports and fishing, specifically baseball. And for people's skills and understanding of human behavior, thank goodness I have a degree in psychology, and I use that degree every single day. And that paper I did was a book summary of psychocybernetics. Oh, how I wish I still had that paper today. But I know that knowledge crept into my subconscious. Why? Because after listening to and reading the book today, some 30 years later, I know that is the origin story of Stop the Mind Screw. It became a mental practice that I started some 30 years ago. When it comes to mind screwing yourself out of happiness, positive thinking, and a new insight in life, and even figuring out how to calm that nervous system, I'm going to turn to the book and give you a psychocybernetics summary in today's terms. The answer to every problem exists in the now, and there's actually infinite solutions to every problem. You know, Eckhart Tolle, my all time favorite author, teaches us this in his book, The Power of Now. Think problem solving. New ideas or the solutions to any problem, we must assume that the answer exists in the now and set out to find it. For those of you who aren't familiar with the author, Maxwell Maltz was an American plastic surgeon and author. By combining his daily work experiences as a surgeon with profound studies of human psychology, Maltz came to the conclusion that our self-image is the cornerstone of our mental health. And therefore, 
the cornerstone of all the successes and failures that happen in our lives as a result. The book became a bestseller. It was published in 1960, almost 30 years before I even wrote that paper. It is considered one of the best self-help books in in its category. And one of the psychology masterpieces that paved the way for most of today's personal growth empowerment programs. Today, we are going to discuss several tips and suggestions that I learned from the book. Remember, this is a two-part series. Oh, how I wish I could find that paper from 1987. I just know it holds the key to the reason why A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle and Reality Transurfing by Vadim Zeeland sounded so dang familiar. Are you on our email list? Consider joining today. We offer exclusive stories and content related to fitness, growth mindset, and habits. The Hot Habit Checklist download will have you building healthy habits in no time. There's bonus content from Kathy's coaching, including a mental diet resource guide and a definite chief aim template, and even more. You can find this at www.kathyowen.com backslash fitness. Hope to see you there. So we begin with self-image. The book starts with the concept that everyone has a specific mental portrait. This portrait defines us. It contains our belief systems about life. The negative beliefs and false beliefs stem from here. Because of our negativity bias, this is not a helpful mental image. That mental portrait is a result of our past experiences, successes, failures, feelings, and behaviors. As a result, this image represents a foundation on which we build our personality. The human brain has what is called a negativity bias. I just mentioned that. These past experiences define the individual in a negative way. Negativity bias occurs even when adverse events and positive events are of the same magnitude. This means we feel negative events more intensely. This is a bad habit. When we cling to that negativity bias, we end up behaving in a way that's not in alignment with who we really are. This mental blueprint can be overcome, and that is what psychocybernetics is all about. We have to construct a new self-image, a positive self image. What we fail to understand is that every one of us was born for success. Every human being has that internal greatness that is just waiting to be unleashed. And before you go further, here's a reminder. You are that human being. Inside of you, regardless of the opinion you may have of yourself, lies the ability to be happy and successful. And everything you put your mind to. In this exact moment, you have the opportunity to do things you've always dreamed of doing. And that opportunity becomes available as soon as you dehypnotize yourself from thoughts like, I can't, I'm not skilled enough, I don't deserve it, and the like. Imagination is key. 
I really love this part. And it sounds so much like Neville Goddard's teachings. You know, our mind is a powerful tool and creative imagination is the very best way to create automatic positive responses. So how do we actually reach a new way of thinking about ourselves? According to Maltz, the answer lies in imagination. Just like for most of the time, or really at all times, we think of ourselves as incompetent, lazy, or boring. Remember that negativity bias? We can create a new creative mental impression, behaving and acting as if. The thing to point out is that our brain doesn't distinguish between imagination and reality. Instead, it acts based on the information we send through our thoughts. Thus, we can imagine a new version of ourselves through our attitude and interpretation of various situations, describing the new paradigm to our brain, which in turn will find a way to make that image come to fruition. This is exactly what we do when we do as Neville Goddard teaches by picturing ourselves from the end in mind. However, to reach that new level, we must have a clear picture of the person we want to be. By regularly checking in on that mental picture, we make sure that every effort we make will be directed toward that goal, therefore enhancing its power. You know, I do this all the time in my Think Big journal, and I mention that a lot in Notion. And it is one of the most empowering habits that I have. The success mechanism is a technique that is mentioned often in psychocybernetics. Let your success mechanism do the work. Here's the thing. As humans, we're all born with an innate creative mechanism in ourselves. And although we often decide to ignore it to the benefit of the conscious part of our brain, it remains there. What Moth suggests is that once you get very, very clear about the problem that you intend to solve, you should completely clean your mind from any worry, expectation, and anxiety related to the potential end result. You should let your subconscious mind do all the work. So the process looks pretty much like this. Think intensively about the problem. Gather all the information you need. Consider possible deviations. And last but certainly not least, have a burning desire to solve it. After having defined the problem and what the finish line looks like, drop any thought related to it for a couple of days or even more. More often than not, after coming back to the problem, you'll find out that the solution presented itself in some way. As Maltz explains, the creative mechanism works best when our conscious mind is less involved. Therefore, don't be surprised if your best ideas come up when you're doing something totally unrelated to the problem you're facing. It's just your brain that once received the proper stimuli starts to work relentlessly on its solution regardless of whether you're conscious about it or not be happy do you hear these quotes well i guess i'll be happy when i pay off my mortgage i'll be happy when things get back to normal and i can travel again 
I'll be happy when the semester is over, or I'll finally be happy when I fall in love. Do any of these sound familiar to you? Most of us tend to postpone our happiness because of external circumstances. This is a bad habit. I remember during the pandemic, so many were absorbed in fears and false beliefs and waiting for a better land to come when things got back to normal. What is normal anyways? Those were just automatic responses to the negative feedback and only created more emotional walls and emotional scars that didn't help them at all. Guess what? Life is not tomorrow. Life has to be lived today. And by the way, there will never be a better time to be happy than the present moment. Happiness is a habit. And if you don't practice it today, you'll never experience it later on. Life tends to be about problems. If you want to be happy, you have to learn to smile despite the problems. And you shouldn't do it just because there's a reward waiting for you on the other side or because something good already happened to you. Being happy is the first step in order to making everyone else happy around you. If you don't put yourself first, how can you take care of other important people in your life? This is why the airplane directions tell you to put your oxygen mask on first before helping children or others. Obviously, we can't be happy all the time, but we certainly can be happy most of the time. And that positive mental state as formally outlined, can only be reached through practice and actually could be one of today's personal empowerment programs. Accustom yourself to act in a proactive way against challenges, always maintaining a clear and positive picture of the end result in mind and watch the results follow. All right, that ends part one of this two-part series on psychocybernetics. Join me next week when we discuss success and failure. I sure hope to see you then. And by the way, if you know someone who can benefit from this, will you please share it with them? And until next time, I'll see you next time. Peace out and namaste.